Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by social media Sherpa, motivational math tutor, speaker, connector, and reality competition show fan, Shiley Hakimian. Shiley started doing social media for her hobby community in high school on MySpace. Now she guides businesses on how to stay top of mind with their community and referral network using social media. We connected with Shiley recently for two TikTok for Business-led webinars in the Andersonville Chamber Network. Welcome, Shiley. Thank you for being here. How are you today? Uh, I'm super pumped. I've been a big fan of the Andersonville Chamber, and I'm excited to chat with you more. And we're so excited to chat with you. I know our listeners can't see it, but you have an awesome headset. We were just chatting before <laughs> we started recording about how many podcasts you've been doing. So do you know what number of podcasts this is for you? Oh, uh, at least like seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. Maybe more. It's been a, I've just filmed like three of them like this week. So, and then this one I've had on the books for a while. So like, I love it. So it's a few, but it's, it's, it's a great way to have a conversation with people, share knowledge, share resources, stuff that you wouldn't normally get on like a, a random phone call. It's almost like free consulting in a way for your entire chamber. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a win-win. And where are you? What's your background? Are you in space? Am I in space? Yes, I've got my Zoom background here is outer space. I might want to update it. I finally got a new logo for my business. It's been long overdue, so maybe I'll, I'll put my logo in space. But yeah, I like it. It's dark, mysterious. Why not? <laughs> it's better than my bad software on my old laptop can't do a background, so you just oh. get a brick wall. But, but it's a beautiful brick wall. Maybe my sound is not that great. Thank you, brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> you sound wonderful. I'm going to affirm you. you. <laughs> well, I know that was sort of an icebreaker in itself, but before we <laughs> really start, we read that you are a big fan of cheesy icebreakers. I am. And even though we will close the show with a lightning round of questions, we wanted to start out with an icebreaker question. And Ooh. that is, if you could be an actor on any sitcom, past oh. or present, which one would you choose and why? I, this is so random. It's the first one that came up, but there was a show that felt like it was like the modern reinvention of friends and it was on ABC and it was based in Chicago and everything was so Chicago. What was it called? And it like got canceled and it broke my heart. It was with the guy that was on like the first episode of new girl. And then he switched shows. Anyway, it was, it was like basically oh, right. every, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. It, it had all those show. people. <laughs> um, I have to look it up. <laughs> Greenberg. What's his name? Something Greenberg. Anyway, it was, it was just like, great and some of the characters were jewish and like they were funny and it was just it was so chicago and i felt like i wanted to be in their in their club like it was like so relatable and then one of the girls from snl was in there one of the women from that um god uh, it was such a good show it was short-lived so that would be the show we have to find the name and that wasn't that wasn't the easy show right no no okay let me look it up while we proceed for the next questions i will look up and we will get the name of the show you, so you know what I'm talking about. You, you're I on a hunt. Do. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely do because I started watching it too. And I know what you mean. Cause I was a fan of, or I watched new girl and the character who played coach disappeared and, uh, for that show. And then he came back once that show was canceled. I know it's so sad. Uh, Damon Wayne's let's see what show he was on. Oh, here, uh, happy endings. Ha ha called happy endings. It was really funny. Was it Happy Endings? It was Happy Endings, right? Yeah. That was the show. Mm -hmm. Laura's like... <laughs> okay. No, I'll have to look it up. I, yeah, I don't know if it's right. bingeable, but it should be. Okay. Well, yes, it I'll was. I'll let you know. 
Okay. Casey oh, Wilson. That was the other one. Adam Pally has been on a bunch of stuff. So that was cool. I don't know. I, I literally haven't thought about the show in ages. And like, you asked that question. I'm like, this is where I want to be. <laughs> what would have been your character? Like, who would you have been on the show? I don't like the uh, business give us- friend. I would have made my own character. <laughs> I'd be like the friend that's always like working on her business. Who's neglecting like everything else. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not neglecting. I'm trying to balance. Balance is important. <laughs> the one friend that's at all the networking events. I don't know. That's probably what I would have done. I would have been me. I would have been me on that show, but I don't know if I would have hung out with those people, but it, like, I felt like they were cool. Like they were balanced. So yeah. <laughs> well, well, we were, we were researching a little bit too um, before we started this podcast, but when I uh, kind of Googled you and LinkedIn <laughs> popped up, it said, it said you had 23 jobs, 23 jobs listed on your profile. I didn't deep dive into your profile, but could you tell us more about like the 23 jobs? Is that an accurate number? And, you know, tell us a little bit more about your career path. Okay. So this is, this is wild. So I've done a, quite a few things. At one point I was like, I'm going to be in the business of being in the business of a lot of things. And like, that doesn't work. I mean, like, doesn't usually work unless you're Sia Hillman of Mac and Cheese Productions, who is like my hero. Like it is not something that's easily done. So over time, eventually I narrowed down. I, my business now is teaching social media. I went from MySpace and doing my weird hobby thing on MySpace to that leading me to a job in social media to leading me into a BNI group who then was like, somebody was like, you should teach me social media. Can I pay you for that? And I was like, yeah, actually that's my, I studied education in college. Like I love social media. I love empowering people. Then that ended up getting me into this like social media Sherpa business, which is really teaching social media. So people understand how these tools work. So, but along the journey to get there was many failed business attempts from wanting to be a matchmaker to selling products. I, when I was 18, I, I never shared this on a podcast before, but I was like, someone is going to get it. But when I was 18, I'm 29 now, I joined an MLM. So you can imagine how that story went, but like, that wasn't a good option for me, but I even tried that. And like, I was in a, I was social media freelancing and that was interesting. And I mean, I paid the bills, but like, this has been the thing that's worked the most. So it's been a lot of journeys and I wanted to showcase, I think, I teach, uh, I do workshops now for like high school students and college students on how to do LinkedIn. And I always say like, you should showcase your past experiences. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all jobs at companies in the professional nine to five way is that it's a, is your LinkedIn as a way to showcase it. So like I included my dad's business in there because he's a jeweler. I was like, maybe someone doesn't realize that I have a jewelry connection. I included my project where I like getting people to debate controversial topics while learning how to better communicate called friending your foes. I put that in there. Is that my priority? Is that what's making me money? No, but it's something that I want people to know is something I care about. Uh, I used to, I worked events. Unfortunately this year, I'm not working any events this year, but it's fun for me. I worked at um, random companies over the years. Like I contract a lot. So there's a lot of different places I've worked and none of them are traditional. So I wanted people to get a, a taste of my experience. I put, let's say I was on uh, online peer educator for LGBT youth for a long time through advocates for youth. That was something important. I fundraised for like some LGBT related conferences back when I was in college. I wanted people to know that I have my hand in a lot of really cool stuff. Jamba Juice for three years when I was in high school and a little bit in college. I like, there's a lot of stuff on there, but I never saw the number of 23, but it's, it's, it's good to know. Yeah, some of them are <laughs> clients that I have. Like I coach 180 women on how to use LinkedIn to get more clients. So I listed that. That's one of my clients right now. So I put her on there because she's bomb. She's like killing it on LinkedIn. So and she saw that I was killing it. She's like, I got to have you on my team. And I was like, okay, fine. Let's go. Let's do it. So, uh, and then University of Chicago, I just finished teaching a class there. So I, does that answer your question? I've, I've had my hand yeah. on a lot of stuff, but my focus is teaching social media and empowering people to do their own marketing. So. 
And so you actually did, though, at one point teach in classrooms, correct? Students yes. in classrooms? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, yep, I have. Uh, I did a lot of work in Jewish education for a long time. So I've done that a whole bunch. I did student teaching in Australia when I studied education. That was part of my degree. That was super cool. I taught at a liberal hippie school in Bloomington, Indiana. That was like the coolest place on the planet. So I've, I've had my hand in a few places. That's for sure. And I do, I do sometimes occasionally tutor kids in math, but that is not my biggest focus. But like if the right family comes up and I can support them, I will. It's fun. I think you'd be a super fun math teacher. Thank you. I'm sure there's lots of families here in Andersonville. It is not something I promote regularly, but word of mouth and through other websites and platforms, people find me. So well, hey. I can imagine like during that, this time that, that, that might come in handy. So mm-hmm. you yes. might be getting some hits for that one. For sure. For it, sure. I def- yes. Think of last year, Laura and I were mulling over a math problem who one of your kids had it, Laura, and we like, couldn't figure it out. <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. We needed Shiley there. You call Shiley. Yeah. I've had friends of mine like text me like, Shiley, what do I do? And you know what? If I can't help you, like I can send you to resources that can, or if you need more support and you need a session, like it's there. If you need, sometimes I just, you just need a link to a website and you'll feel better. Like I'll give this, can I give some tips to your audience about math stuff? Like when in doubt, Khan Academy, like has videos and trainings about everything. I don't know if the Chicago libraries have this, but Vernon Area Public Library, which is where I grew up, has tutor.com. They pay for a subscription to the software that gives you access to a tutor every single day, basically in the afternoon, whenever you want, totally free from your library. And you can get instantly a tutor to like message with you on their platform to show you and to teach you how to solve your problem. So I use this for editing my social media posts. I've used this for resumes back in the day. I've used this for math stuff. Anything that I was struggling with in school, there was a tutor ready to go to answer my questions. And that doesn't cost anything. So that's a great way to start if you're stuck. There is help for you. That's very cool. Yeah, I don't know what um, the city of Chicago has with that, but I've got, I've got a seventh and eighth grader and I know that the eighth grade math that he's doing, my son is doing, I'm like, I'm, I've reached my capacity. Oh like, man. I, I, need to, I need to look it up. Yeah, look so, it up. Look up Khan yeah. Academy or look up an actual professional that can help you. There are tools for that. Tutors, their right. online tutors gives you a world of choices for every type of, of thing of area of study. So there's online, I mean, there's also like, uh, I'm part of this thing called the ultimate support group for online tutors, but she also has a channel where if you're looking for a tutor, you'll get pitched from people all over the world who can help you at various price points and various skill sets. So there is no need to feel stuck. There is definitely a way to phone a friend when you're in need. <laughs> sorry I'm on mute while I'm typing notes too <laughs> <laughs> great I'm so glad this is helpful I'm so happy to help no yeah in Andersonville and beyond so we're trying this new thing where we like take the show notes simul like we try to record the show notes typing simultaneously yes. while listening um Do it. I'm not sure how it's working overall but <laughs> it's a good thing because it's hard sometimes you have to go back you want to listen to it again you know what? you capture what you can and yeah. you do the best you can right And I mean, that sort of leads us perfectly into the next question of like, we're all adapting still six months later into this pandemic. So I'm curious, what has it been like for you running your social media business during a pandemic? Interesting. Um, You know, I I say that I've, I should not say this. I lucked out twice because last time the economy tanked in 2008 was right after I got my Jamba Juice job. No high school was ever getting hired again. And I somehow survived that as a teenager, which was okay. I was not, I didn't have a family to support. I didn't have, you know, an apartment or anything like that. 
and I think I lucked out again here is that like I'm I'm kind of that person that's able to help other people as they're trying to navigate online, which which made me feel like I, I could really be helpful to a lot of folks, which was nice. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a bajillion dollar business by any means, but like I'm holding on and I feel okay and I I feel like I've been here to help my clients and help my friends kind of move on to where they want to be, uh, and that's been really cool to help support people on this journey. So, so it's an interesting opportunity. Um, but I will say like going to online networking events, it's a lot, e I think for, even for the chambers too, not to say that everyone's getting people to show up the same way that there were, but like collaborations between groups that never could have met are happening. Like I'm going to an event in like a half an hour that I never would have had access to because they're always in California or New York. And here I am in Chicago getting to go to this like cultural thing um that i never would have experienced otherwise because there's it's for like middle eastern it's a middle eastern jewish thing and i'm like i'm one of the rare middle eastern jews in chicago and like i never get to be involved with people who get me so i love that because of corona we've been able to have events and programming that that can partner organizations together that never would have been able to collaborate it's it's allowed and it's allowed people who were never going to go to an event to go up to an event with a lot less um buy-in like they don't have to drive anywhere like I, a lot of networking events i didn't go to because i had to drive and now i get to test them without having to schlep to like some restaurant like an hour away so it's it's a lot more access i think to, to resources that no one ever realized they had yeah we found that to be true too um you know it, at least you know with the chamber world specifically like us being able to you know we used to do these kind of meetups where we'd all meet in person at a coffee yeah. shop you know and you know, it was a struggle to attend those because our days would fill up. But, um, you yeah. know, several times we haven't made all of the calls, but we've been on calls with with many, many more chambers than would ever come to um, to, to an, a typical meetup during a during, you know, non-COVID time. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's great because now like when COVID is over, like they now you have a taste of the experience of what it's like which I never would have had otherwise. So like I'm going to like inbound, which is like a great big marketing conference next week. I've had stickers from their conference for years that I've been staring at. It'd be cool to go, but like, I don't really care enough to go. And this year it's free. And I'm like, wow, I don't have to go to Boston for this. Like, why not? Like, this is great. I get to experiment with this event that I've been hearing about forever. So it's, it's really cool. The accessibility. And I think also too, like, I think a lot of people have learned that the resources are out there, that virtual is a great way to do programming. I, I think people were scared and this forced people to have to figure it out. And I think that's great. Um, so like speaking of kind of embracing technology, have you ever worked with someone who's been like a completely like, kind of like ludite, like didn't want to touch technology and didn't have a lot of computer knowledge? <laughs> um, and what has that experience been like? Ooh. Interesting. So like even today, like I had a lead, like reach out. He's like, I'm probably going to be your worst client when we work together. I'm probably going to scare you. And you're, it's going to be so hard for you to teach me. I had one photographer guy who I love. Like he's such a cool dude. He was like, oh my gosh, I'm so horrible. I don't even know how to use this stuff. Like they come in like, a lot of times, first off, the people that I work with, they already know that they need to be on social media, but like they don't, they all think they're the worst. Like they all, every single one of them, like I'm probably your worst person. I know nothing. And they, they all have a base that they don't know how to acknowledge. So I help them feel more confident in that. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who are like terrified, but I think, I think what I do is I help them allow them to feel like it's okay to experiment and to play around. And it's okay to learn is that just like you all are, are, have learned so much doing this podcast, the more you do it, the more you figure out how to write your show notes, the more you figure out how to organize your um, speakers, the more you know what questions to ask, the more that they experiment, the more, uh, the more possibilities are there and wherever they are in their journey, you know, it's all about taking them one step closer to where they want to be. And there's always something for everybody to learn in this area. And 
I'm curious. So I know there's always kind of a fine line between professional and personal social media. (laughs) Yes. There's, you know, there's varying theories, like you should keep two separate accounts or, you know, we have some small business owners in Andersonville who do a very good job. I think of, of having just a a business account, but kind of integrating their personal Mm -hmm. life in it in a tactful way. Um, As a small business owner, where you're the face of the company and you're an individual person, how do you manage both a public and a personal platform? Oh, this is a great question. This is like the bajillion dollar question. Uh, I've heard so many variations of this. Some people like based on what they share really need to separate it. Some people like, like one of my clients is a matchmaker. She's super cool. Her personal LinkedIn or her personal, sorry, her personal Instagram is blowing up. It's, it's wild. But if she consistently spammed people with, Hey, here's my matchmaking business. She loses something there. But at the same time too, if she doesn't talk about herself and her matchmaking business, it's hard to get, it's hard to make a connection with a brand without seeing the face behind it. So uh, it's always important to for sure put you in it. If you are a solo service-based business, which is the people I love to support, they have the most opportunity here. They should be talking about their story. They should be talking about their lived experience. They should be talking about why they care about their field. Uh, I have one guy who was like a real estate agent guy and uh, he does a lot of commercial real estate age stuff. And I didn't know that when he was a kid, he saw his family get into this field and he really loved what he saw. And that was part of why he got into his business. He told that story in depth with me. And I was like, why aren't you sharing that? People can bond with that. When I tell my story, getting started on MySpace, people are like, oh my gosh, I was on MySpace. That's so wild. Or you like Survivor and Big Brother? Like those are my favorite shows too. Like I always advocate to my people, whoever I coach is like, put a little personal everywhere you go because as we know, like personal, like business relationships often start with a personal one is that the more they can trust you individually, the easier it is for them to trust you as a business. So it takes stories, it takes relationships, all of that stuff. They're buying into ultimately, like you said, they're buying into you. So I'm all for, you should put you into your business stuff. Should you meld the two worlds? Uh, Delicately, you don't want to spam your personal network when they haven't signed up for that. So always be delicate. But if part of your personal story is about your business and tell about it, but like in a kind way, but yes, personal is good. Put your, put, I always say, put a line about fun things that you're interested in on your LinkedIn profile. Cause you never know who's going to bond with it. Um, I know it's helped me get jobs of like the great, like greatest icebreakers. It's a greatest icebreaker. So you just, you know, name job survivor and big brother. Yes! And we know you have a love of competitive reality game shows. Talk about that. Where does that come from? What do you love the most? What do you love about it? What draws you to that? Oh, so like I hide my competitiveness like most of the year, but like we go out in the woods and we play like in-person Big Brother and Survivor, which is so crazy. And just, this is so weird timing, but just recently I competed on an online reality show called Sequester. Uh, and we had an all Jewish cast because it's a Jewish holiday time and that never has happened before. Like no actual television show will have an all Jewish cast. It just, that's never going to happen. But on the internet, it can. So it was absolutely awesome to compete with people from all over the world, actually, in this competition where we vote people out and strategize and scheme. But it's a real test of social, uh, socialness. But yeah, I'm competitive. I love game nights, but like I don't actually participate in a ton of them. This is how I get it out of my system every year. So, uh, but yes, Big Brother and Survivor is where I made my first friends on the internet. Those are the things I loved. And I found amazing people that changed my life on MySpace. And uh, I was very close friends with them for a long time. So it's led me to the hobby that I'm still kind of involved with today. (laughs) Can we just take a moment to appreciate that Survivor, the first reality TV show, is still 
going, right? Or maybe not with the pandemic. No, it is. Oh, they're, <laughs> I think they might have started filming or they're going to start filming. They're trying to catch up their I mean, right that's now. a survivor in itself. So. I know. I remember Just, when it first came on and we're all like, what is this like reality TV nonsense? Oh, it was, ugh, <laughs> the early 2000s were such a heyday. <laughs> um, like Elizabeth has Hasselback went from that to the view. And <laughs> so it looks like the 43 I'm looking at like the CBS website but they did just have an all winter season which I'm sure is a one of a kind thing that they're probably never going to be able to do again so it was who a has, big one who's been your favorite kind of character like maybe one of the oh you oof. have I mean they're not characters they're real people I mean, they're but. people I mean there's a narrative right like there's like the underdogs that come in and they figure out a way out of a situation like I love it any season where like the people think like I'm the big guy and I'm you know I'm gonna win and then they get their ego in their head and then they get voted out and they had no idea was coming because somebody who they didn't think was a problem can overcome their adversity and like kick them out I love moments like that I love it so just knocking people off their high horse is just ugh. but uh but yeah I, I love that it tests everything like like, I, I don't know. I don't want to knock sports, but like, there's, I, for me, there's no emotional part of it here. It's like, I can connect with individuals. I can connect with the strategy. I can talk to my friends about it. It's like weeks after weeks after weeks. It's like, it tests like your physical, how much can you eat? How bored can you get? Like, can you handle the rate? Like it tests everything. And I love that. It's all encompassing. Well, I'm going to throw a random question at you. Please go for that, it. That's um, not on our, on our note list, Laura. <laughs> Ooh, scandalous. <laughs> It's not actually. I'm just going to loop it back around because we, we recently met you virtually. We haven't actually met in person yet either, right? Coming soon, um, one day. Yeah, one day. So we actually had you teach two different TikTok for business webinars, one to our members and then one to fellow um, network chambers in the area. Yeah. And if you could give us one, two, three reasons why any small business <laughs> should join TikTok right now. Um, if, I mean, we have a lot of small businesses who listen to this, I think, but we also have a lot of community residents as well who might be curious to find their favorite local business on TikTok. What do you think? Oof. What would be the reasons to so, start? One is that if you market your business in any way, I always tell people to one, experiment, get on a platform, see what you think, see if you like it. Because if you don't like it and you're you are one person, you don't have a ton of capacity, you're probably not going to make a shiz ton of TikToks. So get on TikTok, play with it. Second off, get on, number two is get on TikTok because it's great content that is so targeted towards what you love and what you like, is that I get to find, like, I, I'm going to harp on this. I found more Middle Eastern Jews than I've ever connected with on the internet, it, like, that make hilarious content that I relate to better than anything. And I would never have found them on Instagram. I never would have found them on YouTube. But, like, this short little bite-sized content and TikTok's magical algorithm has put the most exciting people in front of me that I'm so grateful that I've met. Um, so that's something, uh, experiment. It, it's get on TikTok and find content that you never thought you wanted. And then be careful to not get too addicted to it. That's my third one. Be careful not to get too addicted to it. Uh, but again, my moral of my social media story is that you got to find a platform that where your audience might already be. And for business, for B2B businesses, it might be LinkedIn, find where your people are, feed them information that shows that you're an expert at whatever it is you do. So if you're a flower shop, like show me the kind of flowers I should be buying for a funeral or like show me the kind of flowers that last more days than others. What's the best value in flowers or whatever it is. If you're like, 
like if you're a, a real estate agent, tell me the tips about Andersonville real estate. Like what's going on? What are some problems I should look for? Teach me about questions I should ask my realtor, my mortgage broker. Like the more you can feed your audience with information that shows you as an expert, it knows what your audience doesn't know yet the better. So if that is TikTok, great, but it might not be. So experiment with the platform, see where you like putting content and in combination of where your audience is, and then consistently keep feeding them with your expertise. And you're going to have a lot of amazing opportunities on the internet using social media. So you've touched on a lot, kind of the advice that you give to businesses, but yes. can you walk us, can you walk us through like from an initial outreach from a business for your help, what that kind of process looks like Sure. You know, what are the steps? What should people bring to the table? What questions should they have when they meet with you initially? Sure, sure. So sometimes, and I find this is happening more often, is that people are like, oh, maybe I need Chiley for social media management. But a lot of times is that they know that social media is something they want to do, but they don't understand that social media is something you have to have a plan for. It's not like a magical customer machine. So that's one thing that I see coming in all the time. So what people will do is I'll usually get on a, there's a button on my website where you can book a consulting call with me. You share a little bit about where you are in your social media journey and why you called or why you want to talk to me. And from there, we get to know what your situation is. I always like to ask too, is that like, if you're talking to anybody doing social media, not just me, like, what are the kind of things that like, where do you get results from? A lot of people are like, okay, I'll make content and good things will happen. But like, that's not enough. For me, what I really like to ask my clients is, do you have a referral network already? Do you have people that trust and love, love and trust your business? And a lot of times they don't think about like, those are the people that are the most likely to give you, to give you referrals. Those are the people that, that have the most potential to send someone your way. Finding people cold off on the internet out of nowhere is actually really, really hard. So I think that's the piece where, especially if you're starting from zero and you don't have any social media presence, it's a lot harder to get someone to hire someone to actually give you the results that you want. So keeping in mind that before you go to a social media person, who do you want to feed? And do you know where those people are? Because a social media manager isn't going to magically find them for you unless you're going to like a big agency or like getting some sort of um, Facebook ads person or beyond. So those are some things that happen. Um, from there, sometimes I offer people a starting point where it's a lot smaller chunk where I give them a social media audit. I look at kind of what you both said before we jumped into this call. I said, oh, I looked you up on the internet. They're doing that with every Andersonville business. They're looking you up on the internet to see who you are, what you've done. Are you legitimate? Who's referred you? Who's hired you before? So I, I do a thing where I look them up on the internet. I look up their personal pages, their business pages, their website, everything to give them feedback on what an audience or potential client might be seeing. And from there, that gives them an understanding of what areas we can tune up together. And then from there, we book a, a, one, a bunch of one-on-one -on -one sessions where I actually show them how to achieve what they want to achieve using social media. So that if they do down the line decide to hire a social media person, they actually can give them guidelines for what they actually want and, and actual results that are more achievable than just the, the fantasy of, oh, social media is gonna bring me people. No, it's they need to understand how they're guiding a social media manager for that to bring them the results that they desire. And that's me. I'm the step in between. And if you were, I know we just talked about TikTok and, you know, go where your audience feels most natural. There are so many social media platforms. So many. Right I'm just curious if you, if you had to say top, ooh, this is hard, top five, ooh. where should people be? Depends on the business. hundred percent depends on the business. The people that I serve, if you're a business to business, solo service based entrepreneur, maybe you're a chamber member, 
uh, LinkedIn is a hot spot is that LinkedIn can be really great. Now, some fields, like I just heard theater is not a great field for LinkedIn or like I have a guy who was like a medical recruiter guy. I don't know how hot LinkedIn is, but maybe it is. I don't know. But for a lot of fields, LinkedIn is great. Now, not everyone's great for that. I know one friend who's an academic who has an, ent an entire academic network that he's cultivated on LinkedIn or on Twitter. And that community in itself, you should think about that as almost its own platform. So it really just depends on who you are. Now, I love TikTok. I think there's, I have, I made a TikTok article about all the lawyers I found on TikTok that are destroying it um, and a bunch of other business owners that are killing it. But like there, there's, there's places to be. I mean, Facebook can be good for some people, but Facebook algorithms are kind of tricky and, and not as exciting. Uh, Instagram could be really great if you know how to use hashtags and you know how to get in front of people. Um, but ultimately I'm less worried about the platform itself. I'm more worried about how are you using the platform as a tool to re-engage people that, that you need to re-engage for your business. So that's the biggest thing. Are you using it to start a conversation with someone? If someone likes your Instagram post that you haven't talked to in a while, that could be a potential client. Have you reached out and said hello to them on Instagram? Have you commented on their content? That's what I really want people to focus on. There isn't a magical platform that's going to do it. Um, but if anything, regardless, if you can invite the people that you think will enjoy that platform to like your page, that'll help too. Is that if your best network people are not following you on Instagram, they're missing out on your marketing. If they're not on your email marketing, um, they're missing out on reminders that you are around. So if anything, I think email has got a lot of value to it. If anything, social media drives to email, but email is permanent. Social media platforms come and go. I had a following on Periscope, but Periscope's not doing so hot. So if I would have put my, all my eggs in that basket, it would have, you know, tanked me. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Cause when I, when I started at the chamber, which was four and a half years ago, oh, wow. Periscope was like the hot commodity. And so I came in and I was like, Hey, we're going to start doing stuff on Periscope. We're going to talk to the business owners, learn their stories. This is exactly what we're doing now on the podcast. But yeah, Periscope quickly died in my it brain. Did. Facebook it live did. launched not too long after Facebook that. live sucks too, though. I'm not going to lie. It's not great either. Yeah. If, if Facebook Live had what Periscope had, and now I get live streaming, if I could be a live streaming consultant, I would have, but that is a much harder business model. <laughs> that was, I couldn't do it. But like Periscope was a conversation is that you, you and me were talking to each other is that if you made right. a comment in the chat, I could respond to you right away. Inst late, late, Facebook is not, it doesn't have that, mm -mm. which kind of breaks my heart, but here's what you can do. You have this show, right? You can take the audio clips of this and turn it into content for LinkedIn. You can take the audio clips from this, like a 30 second clip, a one minute clip, put it on Facebook. Is that this one piece of content can feed a lot of other content. You can quote me on this. You can create a quote and put it as a tweet. Like there's a hundred things you can do just with this one recording. So yes, yeah. yeah, we're definitely not tapping into the full potential of the podcast. You I know pick your battles, pick your battles. No, I at least set it up so that it is actually auto posting right now. New episodes on LinkedIn and Twitter. All right. That's a start. <laughs> Yay. That's but you're start. right. The quotable moments, which I've taken several of your quotes down already. <laughs> there's, there's at least, you know, I mean, you've had so many, I'll have to go back and, oh. and down, but. And you um, know what? Tell your people that, like, I, my last LinkedIn post was, like, how do you promote a podcast on social media? Tell them, like, give them, like, five different points. At seven minutes in, she talks about this one tip. At 20 minutes in, she talks about TikTok. Tell them what's inside, because just because they trust Andersonville Chamber, they see my name on it, that doesn't mean they're going to watch. But if you say, like, you know what, just cut to seven minutes, and you're going to get this juicy thing, they might not listen to the rest of the thing, and that's a win for you, right? So tell them what's inside. Give them examples of what happens kind of minute by minute or 10 minute by 10 minute. You'll get more great. of your eyeballs. That's a great for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. For sure. You can even stream this to Facebook live if you wanted to, but that's a whole other 
can of worms, but it might not be. Yeah, I don't know if we're, yeah, we messed but, around, right? Laura, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go back into that world of IVF. Yeah, don't mess with it. No, we were, we had one experience with it for our, our Andersonville at Home event in, in June, and that was enough for us. You're like, nope. See, that's good. You test it, you experiment it, you see it if you like it. You know what? You don't do it again. It's okay. There's so <laughs> many, there's a hundred shiny objects on social media. You prioritize and you pick your battles. I do, I do, and I did really appreciate, um, you know, the the workshop you did for the chamber members and telling, giving us tips of how to kind of market our chamber via TikTok. I just need the um, guts to do that because I do it. think I, I I need my the so many more. Yes. yes, you know what would have been yes. a perfect one, Laura, if we were on TikTok on this past Monday night, Shiley. Yes. We we're all in. Vincent masked and spread out kind of deflating gummy bears. <laughs> yes. Like so David, gummy bears. <laughs> yes. So we had these big blow up gummy bears, right? Like David had blown up that. these gummy She's bears. Right. It, took him, it took him three hours to blow up these gummy bears. And I, and he was like, just toss them. And I was like, um, no, like these are becoming a Halloween installation. Like I'm making zombies gummy bears now for what? Halloween. So, but we had to, I couldn't fit them all in my car inflated. So we were like trying to deflate them. And I like had the gummy bear like pinned to the ground, like with my knees and like letting out the air. You should have recorded this. Perfect. You should have definitely should have recorded what it. What were we thinking? I don't know. But now you know, uh -huh. but like experiment, right? Experiment. And you know what? Can I just tell you the most easiest thing on any social media? Just make the account. You do not have to have a ton of content on there. Make the account post one thing. Because if in two years, TikTok is beats out Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of that stuff, your account is ready to go. I've been on TikTok for four years. It was called something else before. But it means that I already had 180 people following me when I actually decided to care. So if anything, make a post, put the little Andersonville blurb on there. Maybe make one video. And if anything, let it go. And if you come up with something creative, try it. If you decide later that you want to go really hard on this platform, great. If you don't, it's okay. You played with it. And down the line, you can decide to care later. But play with it. Make a post. Rip the Band-Aid off. Nobody okay, will gonna see We're going to do it. Don't post do it anywhere. And just see how you feel yourself. I tell this to everybody. Just see how it feels. If you hate it, don't ever do it again. If you like it, play again. And when you, later, you'll figure out if you want to commit. So I, have, I have a personal account that I have one. We have two videos made, too. We did two early on, like, now blinding lights. Blinding Lights video, and then one other TikTok video with um, my kids. And Aww. so, but we have, I have one draft <laughs> saved, and it's the draft where we were starting the dance, and my partner started to pee her pants in, like, mid-jump, and you see her, like, <laughs> you see her, like, go, like, and her, like, face, no. and she runs out of the room, and the, that we're, like, debating. I'm, like, holding that one, because I'm, like, I'm going to post that one eventually, like, once my TikTok blows up. So. <laughs> but you know what? But that's the thing. You don't know when it's going to blow up and to hope that it's going to blow up isn't your, it shouldn't be your primary goal. It shouldn't be the thing. Cause if you don't have content to feed the people that come to check you out when you blow up, you miss out on that attention anyway. Right. So, but if you have a ton of Andersonville content or at least five posts, you never know what they're going to find, but play with it. Your kids are, use the kids. I'm telling you, just use the kids as training. Like they will show you. Oh, I know. We already joked that Laura's kids know way more about this than we ever. But that's the best to. consulting and it's free and then they get to feel smart. But like, I'll tell you this. So, you know, Kfir, the, the yogurt drink, 
the kefir. You never seen Oh, kefir? yeah, yeah. Kefir, yeah. Kefir, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, CEO's from Chicago. Apparently, one of the youngest female CEOs of, like, ever. I don't know. She's a cool lady. I somehow got on a call, a group call with her. And she's like, oh, yeah, we tried to do TikTok within the company, and it kind of got weird. So, I just handed off the account to my kids. So, you have to think, like, a multi-million dollar whatever company they literally, she handed it to her kids. I was like, get it, girl. Like, why not? You know what? Play with it. Hopefully your kids don't, you know, do anything illegal, but why not? And if you want to see Dunkin' Donuts has been destroying it on TikTok, I just want to point out. They have okay. trained the, the Gen Zers on how to drink coffee. It's unreal. So play with it. Call the kids. Have fun with it. Nobody has to know. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it. We're going to do it. Now uh, I'm going to have to watch. I'm going to have to follow I this know. account. Ugh, those gummy bears. Maybe we can recreate it, but when um, you paint them into zombies, I want to see that. Yes, there I'm you go. To. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, we know. I mean, we could t- talk about TikTok forever. I feel like, but um, we know that you are also a member of the Chicago Magic Lounge in Andersonville, oh, and we love so much about the magic community and how has the Magic Lounge's temporary closure affected you personally during this Oof. time? Oh, shout out to the whole staff and the team. I, I mean. I was in it like years ago when they were just talking about this thing becoming a reality. And I was like, is this going to be a thing? It's hard. Um, my personal magic story is that magic has always been a tool of empowerment for me. It's how like, it's, it was a fun, it's a fun way where I could give kids a chance to wow someone. It was a chance for me to wow someone. And like to be a part of a network that had, I don't know if people even in Anderson even realize how important this thing is, but to create an, uh, an audience of people that are coming just for magic is one of the most rewarding things for a professional magician. And that's why the Chicago magic lounge has brought in like legendary magicians from all over the world. They'll fly in just to have a show in front of people who are dying to see magic, who are dying to be wowed and mesmerized. And I think that's so wonderful. I know that they've gotten really creative with their virtual shows. So if you haven't bought a ticket to a virtual show, I know they're making it really nice and easy for people to have a good time. Um, during the same way. I hope everything goes well. I hope that the team has found some solutions in the meantime. I think people are going to come back kicking, ready to go to see some good magic in the future. Uh, but yeah, don't be scared of virtual magic. So much great virtual magic is happening. And I know Magic Lounge is one of those sources. So uh, check them out. Sending everybody love. Um, they will be back and they'll be back stronger than ever, I hope. Yes, us too. Um, they have one coming up, Joel. Is that correct? Chicago Magic Lounge? Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. I saw it on a Facebook app or social media post. So yeah, they're doing virtual shows at six p.m. every Friday right now. Um, so it's virtual cocktail hour, and I believe the tickets release every Wednesday at noon, and they're available until they sell out. Um, so there is a cap to the number of tickets they'll sell, and it's pay what you can, but suggested I believe is fifteen dollars for the virtual link. Yes, per so, household minimum yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But it's, I'm sure it's great. I know all those magicians are so wonderful. Yeah. And, um, and the booker for the magicians, he's, oh my gosh, he's just the best person ever. So anyway, you have literally one of the most powerful people in magic who knows everybody in magic, bringing the best magicians to you. So it is fantastic. Yeah. And Joey and Cindy told us that, you know, it's been nice because they are doing the shows in their space still. So you can see the actual magic lounge when you participate and Mm -hmm. um, some of the other house magicians just sit socially distanced in the audience so that the magician can still feel like they're, Mm -hmm. you know, performing. But, but how beautiful is that space? Like they did such a, 
they did such a fantastic job with it, that it was spot on from the mock-ups that i saw like what was it two three years ago like spot on i was like i was like there's no way this is going to be real and i'm walking in i'm like those were the pictures like what it's insane it's insane yes magic is wonderful magic it's a way to and, and i think what we're going to need after all of this is that magic has an ability to make you forget all the craziness in the world i think theater has that benefit of like when times are hard like theater and entertainment comedy shows whatever have a, a way to help you forget and we've been through a lot in 2020 so i think people are going to need a good dose of entertainment when this is all over and an intimate one where the magician actually comes up to you in person and can wow you so i think i hope it's going to come back stronger than ever and it's going to continue the revolution that it's been yeah i was i i was talking about that the other day about kind of what are all these folks doing in the theater world um, oh. With, and with that creative energy, like where are they, where, where is that creative outlet for everyone? And I know that, you know, we, there was just an article about the neo-futurists that they have had like, the best time with their virtual shows. Like they've been, they, they've been nailing their shows. Um, but I wonder for folks that like, aren't able to kind of pivot in that same way, kind of what the, what their experience has been like for them, not being oh. able to have this outlet oh. for their creative energy. Oh, it's a heartbreaker. Like, to not have a stage comedians like stand-ups not have a stage where people can laugh and react to you like this is part of who they are and it just breaks my heart they don't like it to have access to that like they did before like like theater is theater and entertainment is already hard enough business and like corona just like it that's what breaks my heart the most it just uh, they're really screwed the most screwed i think in terms of businesses for sure well, you, you, you just mentioned not to, not to cut to a, a funny topic, but you just mentioned, you know, comedy and comedy shows and you have a, a skill trade with Shiley section on your website Oh gosh, um, yeah. where, where folks can barter for services um, ah! and, and you list areas you are interested in growing your own skill set. And, you know, your standup comedy skills is one of those things you have posted yeah. on there, but you do have experience as a standup comedian. Can you talk about ah! your standup comedian history? Um, yeah, so I, I finally had some friends, took some shots, and in college I tried, okay, I need to, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I have a thing. Okay, in college, um, I met some comedian friends who, um, who were able to help me get on a stage and try it. And my first debut, I was, my thought was it was going to be my debut and finale of being comedian, like, actually was hilarious. People laughed, people loved it. I purposely didn't want to record it, and now I regret to this day that I didn't record it. Um, and since then, like I've been finding opportunities in the comedy space. There's a lot of great women in comedy resources in Chicago. I've been finding any event that I could go to that lets me practice. I like go for it. Um, so my friend Sandy Lee like hosted like a regular uh, women in comedy night. Men and women or anybody in between could come join, and it was really inclusive and really fun. And um, and I love that. It let me a chance to practice because I am a speaker. I do love doing workshops. I do workshops for teens, adults, um, business owners, other chambers as well. Like I love speaking, and I thought if if I can survive on a comedian stage, I can survive doing anything else. Like it's the best test and the scariest thing you can do to learn public speaking. And I thought this is a great way to practice. And so I did. So I would go up on stage and practice and improv taught me that stand-up comedy taught me that. And it's like, am I trying to be a stand-up? Am I trying to be an improviser? No, but like, it's making my public speaking better. Like who doesn't want a funny speaker when coming to their company? Right. So it, it's a way to build a skill. And I know that comedians too, like comedians don't know a lot about marketing. So my hope is that if a comedian is listening to this, like I would love to teach you some marketing stuff. If you can show me your chops, I would love to do that. So the, maybe the magical comedian will, will, will find me. 
uh, that could use it. So, <laughs> so we started to kind of um, with these episodes now is closed with a lightning round of questions. Sure. So we have a few to, to send your way. Um, so the first one is, what do you do when you need a screen break? Uh, this weird thing I've been doing now is like these dot things, these diamond art. Have you seen this? It's like, it's like a paint by the numbers, but instead of paint, it's like plastic little diamondy looking things. And there's dots where you have to like, there's glue on the, the paper and the artwork. And then you put the right colored dot on the little square. And then you get this beautiful like artwork thing by the end of it. I'm not finished with the one I got at the beginning of quarantine, but that was kind of cool. Uh, okay, we're going to need a work in progress photo. Yeah, I was going to say, please send us one for the podcast. I'm looking at it right well. now. I don't even know if I should send I'm looking it's, it's there's like a vitamins on it. There's an old iPad on there. I can show it to you. It's crazy. But um, it's, it's there. It's a work in progress for sure. But I definitely am on the screen all the time. That is the rare thing that has gotten me off or spending time with friends, but like <laughs> goals. Yeah. Corona goals. goals. Get away from the screen. So what is your favorite song to sing in the shower? Oh, Ain't No Other Man by Christina Aguilera. That, I don't, I don't even know I've how s- that one goes. I have to look that ain't one no up. other man but you. Ah, nah, 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 nah. Ain't no other. It's like from like 50, 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's like my, like, if I could be any singer in any song, that would be the song. <laughs> so it was, it was big for a minute, but I love it. So her voice. Oof. I know. It's unlike any other, really. Yeah. But I so, am a bigger Britney, a, Britney Spears fan. Okay, than I was going to ask that. But... I was going to ask that. I was going to say Britney or Christina. <laughs> no, okay. Britney. Britney all the way. So, but that one song, oof. Anyway, yes. <laughs> um, you're a fan of bubble tea. Oh. What is your favorite flavor? Um, I'm open. I like the milk teas. And I actually, this week, I put out some TikToks about how I bought homemade bubble tea sets. And I have two boxes of homemade bubble tea and I have two cans of canned bubble tea, which I am so curious to try. But I like the milk tea flavors. Taro is pretty good. Um, cantaloupe flavor. I don't want the smoothies. I love smoothies, but I don't want my bubble tea and my smoothies to mix. Um, green tea. And I can't, I can't do bubble tea with the boba. I just can't do it. It's okay. I know. I have a or weird... You've had- the wrong boba, but I don't want to be that person. It's like, oh, you just haven't had the right one yet. That's <laughs> ignorant. But like, there's some bad boba in Chicago and there's some a handful of good ones. But I, I understand and I accept it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite joke to tell? God, my dad's going to love this. I, I hate this joke so much. But my dad has a joke that he tells all the time and it's so bad. But like, that is the first thing I think of. He's like, what do you call a fish with two knees? And then he uh, says, in his deep Iranian accent, a tuny fish, tuny fish. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, dad, right? It's so bad, but it's kind of funny. And it's like, ugh. It's funny. cute. It's cute. I've been walking by on my daily well, I don't go that route daily, but we do do daily walks. There's somebody who has a whiteboard outside of their house that's joke of the day. So every day it's different. And I feel like that one will be on, on the board because you can tell it's one of the kids doing it every day. Um, <gasps> I walked by the other day and I did not understand the joke and I can't for the life of me under- remember what it Google is. Google it. I was like, I really don't understand this. You know, I, I will say every holiday one for like a couple of years, I would make a video. I would Google the best jokes 
for that holiday and I would just read the jokes as a video and a few of them blew up on Facebook over the years. So <laughs> it was super cheesy, but it worked and I was like, great, I got to wish everyone a happy holiday with, with other people's jokes that I cited, so. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of posting, have you ever posted something embarrassing that you've regretted and then had to remove? Uh, I sung unfaith Rihanna's Unfaithful on YouTube when I wanted to be a YouTube star at age 14, and it kind of blew up a little bit, and my singing, it blew up for the wrong reasons, because my singing is atrocious. <laughs> so there's a whole pile of YouTube videos that I've unlisted from YouTube that are hidden away in my account that hopefully will never come out again, but you never know. Uh, definitely some stuff, uh, some of my old YouTube videos I've unlisted back in the day, so... That is the one. I, yeah. Sorry, Rihanna. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Shiley, for joining us today. Yeah. And yeah. And thank you for, for listening me. to, sure, absolutely. And thank you all for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Shiley, please visit your socialmediasherpa.com. For show notes on today's episode, please visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership, and if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.